0: sports, the
1: local sports leader. Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister chilling with you on Arizona sports, the local sports leader. We'll be here until about 3.30, setting you up for Suns Grizzlies later today here on this MLK Day. Sean Payton. Love seeing that name floating around the valley, right Steve? It seems to be more than just a rumor now. It feels like a real deal. They got permission, we know this,
2: Yes. that the Cardinals got permission to interview Sean Payton. The question is, when is that happening?
1: Well, so Sean Payton was on Colin Cowherd's show, The Herd, on Fox Sports, because Sean Payton is currently employed by Fox Sports. That's convenient. I wish all head coaching <laughs> candidates were on TV <laughs> all the time. So he was asked by Colin, what interviews do you have coming up? I've talked with a few teams, mm-hmm.
0: that's that's just done through permission with the Saints, Um But I think this week would be, yeah, it would be Houston, um, Denver, uh, later in the week, Carolina. Do you go there?
1: Hold on, hold on, hold
0: on, hold on.
1: Somebody's missing. Houston, Carolina, Denver. By the way, Carolina is a new one on that list. Correct. Supposedly. That was just reported yesterday. And then he got cut off by Colin there before he could get to the important one. Okay, so let's see if we get the answer then.
0: Error. Um, in, in, In some cases... Depending on schedules, they'll come here, or in other cases, so, I might go there. End of the week, I'll go out to New York. I'll have a chance to visit with uh, Mr. Tepper in Carolina.
1: Okay, that's the end of the soundbite. I didn't hear the Arizona Cardinals, did you?
2: Nowhere in there does Sean Payton say, I'm talking with the Arizona Cardinals this week. All right, so there's a couple of options here. Why Why did he leave them off his list? Did he forget? That's possible. Maybe his agent is setting up times and days to meet with the teams and he sure. just doesn't know when the Cardinals interview is. Don Yee's busy, you know? Uh that could be it. That could be it. He could have forgot. Uh maybe he's intentionally leaving them off the list because he doesn't want the job. Ooh. That hurts, but it's oh, possible, right? That doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound it doesn't sound right to me either. Yeah. But that's possible. OK, continue. Is he leaving it off because the Cardinals is the most intriguing job for him? Because not only can they offer head coach, but they're also the only one of those places without a GM. Meaning that they could give him personnel control. Is he leaving them for last? Maybe he's not interviewing with them this week because he's interviewing with them next week.
1: It's the optimistic one for sure. That's possible. Those are really the only things I can think of. Or Colin Cowherd just interrupted him before he could say Arizona.
2: Or he just interrupted him and they didn't get to Arizona and we're all freaking out about nothing.
3: (laughs) I mean, that's possible too. I would
1: like to defer to the idea that there is relatively okay reason to freak out a bit. The fact that there was approval for the team to interview him and yet there's no interview scheduled at least this week. Is it possible there's no interview scheduled at all yet? That's what
2: I'm worried about. Not that they don't want to. They clearly want to. They asked for permission. We know that.
1: Is it possible they just don't have a date set yet with Sean Payton? But then I'm curious, if you've got three interviews this week, we knew about this before he was allowed to be interviewed. Why is it taking so long to schedule an interview? That's what I want to know. That's why I don't think
2: that that's the case. I think they have it scheduled, it's just not this week. That's my guess. I have no inside knowledge on this. But if you were the Cardinals and you hadn't set a date with Sean Payton yet, and you want to, it would be very painful for you to hear this clip on Fox Sports 1 where all these other teams already have their date set and they're Mm -hmm. before you. You're already behind the eight ball at that point. I I heard uh, Howard Balzer was on the show just before us this morning uh, talking about uh, you wouldn't go out and sign a GM this week if you hadn't talked to Sean Payton first. Because fair. if you're going to hire the other three candidates for the Cardinals job that we know of so far, D'Amico Ryans from the 49ers, Vance Joseph, who's the defensive coordinator in Arizona already, and the other one's Brian Flores. All defensive-minded co- uh, defensive guys mm-hmm. would need an offensive coordinator to pair up and to work with Kyler But Merck. that's an easy fix. But they're also, they're also guys that you don't necessarily hire them before the GM. You would hire a GM and then they would hire a coach. I don't think you
1: do that with Sean Payton. Or you could do like a package deal. Like the rumor is that if they hire D'Amico Ryans, they'll also hire Rand Carthon, who's reportedly interviewing for the GM opening. Then you just take two guys from San Francisco. It's kind of like what the Dimebacks did, just taking two guys from Boston to be their new regime, right? When they hired Mike Hazen and Tory Lovello. That's possible. It's equatable. Now, with Sean Payton, I don't think you would do that unless you would convince somebody from New Orleans' front office to come over with Sean. Well, Sean Payton, while he's
2: been in in New Orleans forever, he knows a lot of people around the league, people who have come and gone from New Orleans or people in other organizations. Sure. His list of people that he trusts extends beyond New Orleans. D'Amico Ryan's has only been in San Francisco the last couple of years, but he was you know also, I mean?
1: a, but he was also a player. He played in Texas, in sure. Houston. He played in Philly. Sure, like it's not like D'Amico Ryan's is limited to one organization where. He's only got his experience here. He's only going to want to bring guys from there. It's just an optics thing that I'm suggesting that if D'Amico Ryans gets hired as head coach, maybe they'll also hire Rand Carthon because the 49ers do it right. The 49ers are who we want to copycat this year. Right. Right. Whereas before it's we want to copycat Sean McVay. Where's our Sean McVay? And clearly four years later, that didn't amount to much of anything. This time around, though, I think it might actually benefit the Cardinals. You completely start over, uproot the system, and then just bring in a different system that's actually working and has worked for years. Because if you look at the 49ers, they've had pretty sustained success going all the way back to Jim Harbaugh. And then there was the, the low point with Chip Kelly and Trent Baalke. And then Jed York finally threw up his hands and said, nope, this isn't working. And this Kyle Shanahan unit has worked wonders in San Francisco.
2: Do you have the follow-up clip about compensation? Because Sean Payton, not only is he on TV all the time because he works for Fox, but he's been very candid about what it might cost to get him.
1: So this time around, just to clarify, he wasn't in deep, I guess, because Colin pressured him. Like, what are they offering you? What are they offering? He's like, I don't have specifics. But he kind of did, though. He kind of (laughs) did. Each
0: team's got different ammo or different pick selections. And, you know, it it could be a future one maybe where – you have to throw in something. Um, I I say this because I know Mickey well, and I heard him talk the other day, and, and he was right on. And I think I am too. Um, he he's got a job to do as a general manager with the Saints, uh, and and he'll he'll get the right compensation. And and I'm sure the team, if it gets that far, uh, will arrive at it. And it's probably this year. It would probably be, you know, a mid to late first round pick. I, I would say. Now it changes if nothing happens this year and we go next year, then it, that changes considerably.
1: Interesting little nugget there at the end. Yeah. Not relevant to the Cardinals, Seemingly suggesting
2: that if he doesn't take a job, if he doesn't want any of the jobs presented to him, he doesn't have to take one. And then he could go back into the pool next year and see if there's a better job out there for him. Maybe Brandon Staley does go away next
1: year. Yeah, you or Sean McVeigh retires you or whatever. You say that, and I wonder if that's why he threw that out there. Maybe because he knows that if the Chargers flail on this again, maybe that job becomes available.
2: Listen, if you're Sean Payton or if you're in the seat that Bruce Arians was in a couple of years ago where you had been out of the game and you wait for the right scenario to pop up and lo and behold, Jason Light calls Bruce Arians and says, I got this team that needs coaching and oh, by the way, we might have a shot at Brady Brady." (laughs) and we need you the quarterback whisperer who's worked with all the great quarterbacks in the league to come in and coach this team, and we might win a championship. And lo and behold, they did. Sean Payton's looking for the right opportunity. He's not just going to take a job just to take a job. He doesn't have to. He's been in this league for a long, long time. He doesn't have to just take a job to get it back into the game. So that's the caveat is, well, if I don't take it this year, it'll be cheaper to get me next year. Now let's talk about the compensation for a second. A mid-to-late first-round pick. What do the Cardinals not have uh, that thing that you a just said, mid to late first round pick. They don't have that. They have the number three pick in this coming draft, and they have thirty-four. I think it would be thirty-four. Or the thirty-four. I believe Dolphins pick gets taken out. So yeah, I think they have like a very early second rounder and the very early first round. They don't have a mid to late first this year, right? Would the Saints be willing to take their first round pick for next year? In a league where there's no protection, and if the Cardinals stink again this year, then that pick is very valuable. Yeah. I, I don't know. You'd have to ask the Saints, but I'll tell you this. Who works as closely as the Saint, uh, with the Saints as Sean Payton? Nobody. He knows what they
1: want mm-hmm. in return for him. He knows. So him throwing that out there, he, that's, he's that's setting more him, than just rumor. He's setting himself up for the perfect scenario. Oh, yeah. That's all that he's doing. Coming up next, a big... Big date on the NBA calendar just passed yesterday. But will it be big for the Phoenix Suns? We'll go national and try and find out next on Arizona Sports. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Happy Monday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch Vareldis and Steve Zinsmeister in today on this Martin Luther King holiday. It's a special day in the NBA. They play, of course, the game in Atlanta. That'll be Hawks and Heat. And then later today in Memphis, it'll be the Suns and the Grizzlies. But there's a lot of Suns stuff that we wanted to ask about from a national perspective. And there's no better guy to talk about when it comes to trades and money and handling caps situations and stuff like that. Then we turn to Bobby Marks from ESPN, NBA's front office insider. Bobby, thanks so much for taking the Monday to join us. We really appreciate it. You got it, guys. How are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. I want to ask you just from the get go because yesterday was January fifteenth, and I'm curious what your opinion is as of this moment right now as to whether or not DeAndre Ayton will be a member of the Suns after the trade deadline has passed.
3: Yeah, I would think he is. You know, I mean, I think a, a lot factors into it. Certainly, him having the right to veto any trade. So I think you know if if a trade materializes. You know, Aiton can say no to it. And I think if you're a player in the middle of the season and has a four year contract, I don't think you're in a position to make that decision until probably the off season. I think it's a little bit more of a, more of a challenge here. I think, you know, unless it's, you know, somewhere where it makes sense. Um, and I, I just don't see Phoenix in a. In a position right now where with everything going on where, uh, and I don't even know if they have the, if they have the approval to do, to do something like that, um, for a player that's owed a lot of money, um, you know, a big, a big move, uh, a big move like eight. So yeah, I would, I would say it's, um, highly likely that he is you know, on the, on the roster when we get past the trade deadline.
2: I think maybe the better question, Bobby, then, is what does the rest of the league think of DeAndre Ayton? I, I remember we talked to you months and months ago during the <laughs> summer when the whole Kevin Durant possibility was out there in the wind, and Brooklyn essentially said, no, we're not really interested in DeAndre Ayton.
3: Does the rest of the league think, uh, what do they think of him? Well, he's a good player. I mean, I think he's a, he's a max player based on circumstances. Right. I mean, I think there's certainly different ways max uh, guys are paid max money, you know, whether it be in an extension like we saw with you know Darius Garland and Zion and John Morant here or in the case where, you know, there was, you know, there was no offer there until Indiana came with an offer sheet. And, you know, Phoenix had to match it based on where they were financially here. So I think is he a is he a 31, 32 million dollar player? Probably not. I mean, that's usually you're paying your best player that type of money. He's probably, you know, what you're, you know, your, your third best player on on the team. A third best player is probably making between twenty and twenty five million dollars here. So it's it's a challenge. I mean, centers in this league, unless you're Joel Embiid um, or Nikola Jokic, um, are not making you know max money. You know, there's a, a fifteen to twenty million dollar guy. Is, is kind of at, at the center position here. He's a good player here, but I think at that salary, it's probably, you know, it's probably a little bit rich and there's probably a little bit more of a need at, at you know, certainly with other teams here, because, you know, you trade for him, you basically have to give up what, like 24, $25 million in contract. So right. I, I just, I, I just haven't heard enough around the league as far as, um, you know, a teams lining up to go out and try to go get DeAndre and
1: Bobby Marks with ESPN. He said, "NBA front office insider joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line." Okay, so then let's kind of shift the focus. Then you envision that DeAndre Ayton is a member of this Suns team at least for the rest of the season, and given the state of the team now, they would highly need him to be a part of this offense. So, just from a basketball perspective, what do you see the Suns need to do in order to be- get the most out of Ayton while he's still on this team?
3: Well, I mean, I thought you know during this period with you have no you know, you you have no Devin, you know, Chris has been out, um, you know, you've got to basically, if you know, play through him, he's got to be your to have a chance. He's probably have to be your best player. Now, what does your best player mean? Is that a guy who can go out and give you a 30 and 20, you know, some of these, you know, a bam out of bio type night. Um, he's, he's not bam out of bio, you know? So I think that's, that's the thing for me is I think there's an opportunity right now for, um, based on where the circumstances you have for, for eight and to kind of stand out and, um, you know, the losses are, well, the losses will continue to pile, um, you know, starting, you know, continually tonight in, in, in Memphis. I'm interested to see him against, you know, you know, with Steven Adams there, um, Jaron Jackson, Jr. Those are two really good test years. So, um, you know, he's got to stand out and he's been, he's been good. Um, but he hasn't been, you know, all, I, thought, I thought there was a period last year where you could really talk about him from an all-star, all, all-star standpoint. Now he's, you know, he's not in that conversation.
2: Bobby, what have you heard rumblings around the league about Jay Crowder? What is the interest yes. in him? And he hasn't played at all this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he's a little bit on the decline. So, and, and do you, if you trade for him, does, do you have to start him? Right? Like, is that is yeah. that part of a mandate? I mean, we we saw it here in, in Phoenix where it feels like he got his feelings hurt because he had to come off the bench and there wasn't an extension there waiting for him. I mean, that's a situation that, especially, in, I mean. I don't understand why we're at the situation where both sides could have said, you know, Hey, we need each other here. You yeah. know, we'll move you before the trade deadline. We need you in a lineup. We need you to boost your trade value here where you have a guy who, um, yes, he's played in a lot of big games. He's played in a lot of NBA finals here, but I think it's probably on the, the, the decline of his career, as you said, hasn't played. So now you're getting a player um, for the last three months of the season. How much are you willing to give up? So that's that's the challenge here. So if it's, you know, I don't see a team out there giving up a first-round pick for Jay Crowder. I, I, I don't see that at all. I think if you're a team, you know, are you willing to give up a player that's got a couple of years left? You know, I think... Everyone's talked about Milwaukee. So for, for Milwaukee to go out and, and get Jay Crowder, it's going to cost you Pat Connaughton, or it's going to cost you Grayson Allen, one of those two players. And what, you know, if Crowder leaves for nothing, you're, you know, it's, you're probably in a worse shape than where you were. So, I think he'll be moved. Um, I don't think there's anything right pressing right now, but, um, but yeah, I just, you know, and if, and if he's not moved, then, then what do you do? Then we, are we looking at a buyout? Is there any way you can, you can work it out that he comes back? I mean, I guess we're kind of past that point of no return.
1: And then last one for you, before we let you go, your colleague, Brian Windhorse has brought it up a couple of occasions now of the very unique ownership circumstance that the Suns yeah. are in right now, heading into this deadline. What, because you've had this experience before as a yeah. former GM. Yeah, sure. What is it like having to deal with so many talking heads at one time and trying to execute massive deals or even just basic moves like trying to move off of a Jay Crowder?
3: Yeah, we had it with, I mean, I've been through so many own different ownerships. I mean, the most recent one was when we had um, Bruce Ratner owned a team and sold its Mikhail Prokhorov in 2000, I think it was right around 2010. And it was it was interesting because we there was an agreement from both sides that, that Prokhorov would incur the debt of anything, you know, based on a trade at the deadline, anything other, you know, based on anything um, more than what Ratner would have paid. So if your luxury tax bill was $30 million at the time Bruce Ratner sold it, and you know you're, you're spending another twenty, then Prokhorov would have incurred that. So that's where I'm I'm trying to figure out, like, why can't both sides kind of come to an agreement here? And maybe they can, saying like, hey, we, you know, you know, the new ownership group will pay, you know, uh, if if you know if we take back a player that's earning seven million more, and you know that's on you know that's on there, and and that's kind of where you get a little bit of a a cleaner you know business model here. But yeah, it's hard. I mean, it, it's hard too because like. You know, are you are you buyers? Are you sellers? Are you going do you want to trade Dario Sarge and save 30 million dollars? Right. Like, yeah. do you want is that the direction you want to go in? So not easy when you have multiple different ownerships, especially with an owner that's suspended. Right. So yes. you, you add that into the mix, too. So um, but you, you've got to figure it out, you know, within the next, you know, three or four weeks here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Pressure is on, in my opinion, as well. Bobby, thanks, as always, for the time. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line.
3: Arizona Sports,
1: breaking news. Yeah, how about that? We got on the phone with Bobby, and then the Cardinals got a new GM. Ah, here we go. From Ian Rappaport, the Arizona Cardinals plan to hire Titans Director of Player Personnel Monty Austinfort as their new GM. He impressed last year during the circuit, now lands a big job. So there you go. That's step one, is it not? Kind
2: of interesting to me because the Titans fired their GM mid-year, mid-season, kind of back half of the season. And you would have thought if he's an up-and-coming name as a GM, you would think the Titans might be looking at him as an option in-house. To fill that void. Yeah, I do find that kind of funny. So that's, I, I, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know a ton about Monty Austin Fort. It's, it, it's not a familiar name to me. Well, tell But you I what, can tell you this, he's very well respected in the scouting community.
1: So why don't we take a few minutes here, try and figure out who he is. Collect so our thoughts. Everybody else who he is. Again, if you're just tuning in, Monty Austinfort, the former Titans director of player personnel. He's the new Cardinals GM. We're going to tell you more about him next on Arizona Sports arizona sports
0: the local sports leader
1: arizona sports the local sports leader mitch feralda steve zinsmeister filling in here on this monday this martin luther king monday things
2: just got interesting yes
1: things got very interesting if you're just tuning in now just catching the news haven't been on twitter yet or anything like that the cardinals have their new gm Reports from several members of NFL Network is that the Titans director of player personnel, Monty Austin Fort, is going to be the new Cardinals GM. Just reading a quick blurb from our story on our website at Arizona Sports. Austin Fort has 21 years of experience in the NFL and is coming off his third season with the Titans before Tennessee. Spent 15 years with the New England Patriots as their director of college scouting from 14 to 19 assistant director of college scouting from 11 to 13, national scout. So he's worked his way up in the PAT system and then obviously had the job that he had in Tennessee the last three years. And now this is the big time for him. Monty Austin the new Cardinals GM. Let's get into what this means for the coaching search here in a second. But I, I'm
2: just, I don't know much about Monty Austin I'm throwing that out there, just being as tra- transparent as I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mostly read this from a Wikipedia page. Okay, okay. Don't judge me. But I'm, I'm finding things out about this guy in real time. This is a person who is a part of the New England Patriots organization from 2006 to 2019. As a various different roles in college scouting. He's a college scout with the Texans. Then he goes to New England. He becomes an area scout. Then a national scout. Works his way up the ladder. Becomes assistant director of college scouting. Eventually director of college scouting. Then he goes to the Titans for the last three seasons. Director of Player Personnel. That's kind of the role right below GM. That's the Quentin Harris role. It's the for years we had Terry McDonough here in town. Director of Player Personnel mm-hmm. was a co- uh, was a GM candidate in other places. Yes. That's what this is, and this will be his first general manager role in Arizona. Another interesting nugget I learned about him: he played quarterback at University of Minnesota Morris. I don't know if that's a. I don't know where that is. I don't know which. Campus I'm not going to lie. I don't whatever. know where that is. Uh, That was from 96 to 99. He earned his master's degree in economics. Okay. So he's a math guy. Uh Uh-oh. I know where you're heading with this, aren't you? And also, he earned two master's degrees in both business administration and sports management at Ohio University in 2002.
1: All right. This guy sounds smart. He sounds really (laughs) smart. And given the organizations we he's been with, it sounds like he's been successful at his job. Very good organizations. And
2: uh, there's a lot of parallels between the Patriots and the Titans because of Mike Vrabel mm-hmm. being hired as head coach, and he obviously brings a lot of weight with him. It's kind of the Belichick tree, right? We talked earlier about Dave Dombrowski and Mike Hazen's relationship in Boston in baseball mm-hmm. and how Hazen was the GM, but he basically just did whatever Dombrowski's vision was. I'm imagining that's something comparable here with the Patriots. Bill Belichick runs the Patriots. He controls personnel. But then here's a guy who grew up in that scouting system working for Bill Belichick, who went on to win how many Super Bowls? Six.
1: That's a pretty good resume. Here's, here's what I think Wolf's going to love. Um, the Titans are very much known for being that physical bunch. Oh, yeah. They get a bunch of big strong dudes up in the trenches. They go at you. They go at your throats. Wolf is going to love that because you know what a former member of the Titans personnel is going to bring. You know what another disciple for Mike Vrabel is going to bring another disciple of Bill Belichick is going to bring That dude is going to bring some hard-nosed dudes into those trenches. That's what he's going to do. Here's the next question, because we've been talking a lot about the breaking news
2: before this breaking news, was that Sean Payton basically left the Cardinals off his list today of teams he's interviewing with this week. We're not sure if he just did it by accident or he isn't interviewing with them. You know what? I'm starting to lean, I think, where you're leaning right now. So now we know that the Cardinals have their general manager. Uh, Michael Bidwell was telling the truth when he said he was going to go and find the GM first. Yes, that is a fact. We only questioned because Sean Payton seemed like the kind of coach that if you were aiming for hiring him, you might give him personnel control. Mm -hmm. And I suppose there's still a scenario where he could be hired as head coach and have some dramatic input into personnel alongside their new GM. That's still possible, I guess, in my head. But now, if Michael Bidwell continues on the track that he said he was going to,
1: Monty Austinfort is going to have a big hand in hiring the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Well, so I was looking around, and NFL.com has a story up already because it was their insiders that broke this news. Last paragraph, Austinfort will be tasked with interviewing and hiring Kingsbury's replacement. With quarterback Kyler Murray under contract and the framework of a competitive team intact, he'll be entrusted with delivering what Kingsbury and Kime couldn't in their time together. So it sounds like Michael Bidwell did this with intent, and now he's going to have Austin Fort figure out who the next coach is, which would explain why Sean Payton didn't even mention the Cardinals as an upcoming interview because it hasn't been scheduled yet.
2: I'm about to put the entire puzzle together right in front of your very eyes. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Does that intrigue you at hundred.
2: Thousand? No, it's one It's one easy piece. It's a one-piece puzzle? This is the last piece I needed to figure out who the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals will Okay, be. hit me. Monty Austin has a long history with what organization? Pats. The Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are known to be interviewing four head coaching candidates. They
1: are... Vance Joseph, D'Amico Ryan, Sean Payton, and... Why am I blanking on the last one? It's a defensive guy.
2: Long-time New England Patriots defensive coach... Brian Flores. Oh, no. Puzzle solved. You hire a guy who has familiarity with Brian Flores. Brian Flores a, now has an upper hand in becoming the head coach of the Arizona Carlos. I don't know. I'm just putting a, the pieces together. I don't a have inside info.
1: Who reportedly rubbed his quarterback the wrong way in Miami?
2: Uh, well, and also <laughs> the irony of the racial discrimination lawsuit where Brian Flores is suing the NFL alongside Steve Wilkes, who is basically suing the Cardinals for racism. So in a way, in a roundabout way, Brian Flores is a part of a lawsuit against the Cardinals, but also interviewing for the head coaching job. And now he's interviewing with the general manager, who is a guy that I assume he has a relationship with already. I'm assuming that based
1: on the fact that they were both in the New England facility for that many years. Okay, but do you think that Michael Bidwell is making this decision to hire Monty? <laughs> that's funny. We have two Montys in the Valley now. Yeah, that's going to you think for a loop. Do you think he's making this decision to hire Austin Fort in order to eventually land Brian Flores?
2: No, I don't think you hire one guy to then have the upper hand at getting the other. I don't think you do that.
1: Also, I guess I guess we're overthinking this too because Michael Bidwell is the one that scheduled all four of those coaching interviews, not Monty, right? So in, Austin Ford is now te- Austin Fort is now technically tasked with just talking to everybody that's already scheduled, probably. But I guess Sean Payton's not scheduled.
2: Well, now you might get to the point where Austin Fort says, "Okay, I'm ready to uh, do these things. Let's get an interview scheduled." Honestly, Sean Payton, when he listed off his teams, he's interviewing with this week. They all have GMs in place. They're looking for a head coach, and that's it. Right. The Cardinals are the only ones looking for both. So the Cardinals- Well, now not they're having, just looking for coach. Now they are. So maybe they didn't schedule that interview because they didn't have a GM in place yet to do the interview. Maybe. We assumed Michael Bidwell might be interviewing some head coaching candidates,
1: and he'll be a part of the process. There's no doubt That's about what I mean. That. It's like, if Bidwell's going to be part of the interview anyway, does he just want to give Monty the power in this? Now the puzzle starts coming together. Now
2: you have a GM in place. Now you have somebody to interview these head coaching candidates. It's not just Michael Bidwell. He doesn't have to make every big decision now.
1: You know what I'm curious about? Does this decrease the likelihood that Sean Payton's the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals? Because he doesn't... We now now know who the GM is. And it's not going to be Sean Payton. Here's the thing is relationships in the nfl
2: i couldn't tell you who knows who and who's worked with who i couldn't tell you that about every single person in personnel in the nfl Does Sean payton have a relationship with Austin fort i don't know i have no idea but these are two guys who have both been in the league a long time it's more than possible that they've come across each other's paths at some point maybe not work together in an official capacity but there's 32 teams in this league it's hard to work with another individual for a long time in this league it, what do they call the NFL? They call it not for long. Guys don't stick around in organizations well, for I, a long time, typically. I thought they called it the no fun league. Well, that too. <laughs> I, I think it's a valid question. Does Sean Payton have a better chance or worse chance right now than he did before we found out this news that the Cardinals now have a new GM, Monty Austin I don't know the answer to that yet, but I do think that it's an intriguing tie to one candidate, Brian Flores, who spent a long time in New England.
1: Okay, I just want to throw this out there because I'm just seeing it. Darren Urban, who covers the Cardinals for AZ Cardinals, he just tweeted out that Monty Austin has been hired, so that is now official. Yeah. Because I don't think Darren's Good putting stuff. it out there, blah, 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 blah. So there you go. The Cardinals officially have their, their first GM since Steve Kime. Monty Austin Ford, former Titans director of player personnel. The other aspect of this, too, real quick. Uh, if you're willing
2: to hire a first-time GM, does that make you less likely to hire a first-time head coach?
1: Somebody's got to have the experience and- in one role or the other. Is that three, what you're suggesting?
2: Three of their four candidates have previous head coaching experience. So that's not a huge th- deal because Vance Joseph's been a head coach. Brian Flores has been a head coach. Sean Payton obviously has been a head coach. Okay. I, does it make you less likely to hire D'Amico Ryans now?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I just want to throw this out there because we did get the full release. There's a statement from Michael Bidwell, so we'll just pass this along and then. We'll move on to our next topic. Quote, it was critically important for us to find the right person to lead us as general manager. And there is no doubt in my mind that we have that in Monty Austin for it. He possesses every attribute of a successful GM, passion, leadership, intelligence, work ethic, and his extensive experience has clearly prepared him for this role. We could not be more thrilled to have Monty and his family joining the Cardinals. Close quote. Vote of confidence. There's so many aspects of this that we still have to get. And he's expected to be introduced tomorrow. There you go. We're going to find out more about Awesome Fort tomorrow. We're looking forward to it. Coming up next, is the Phoenix Suns contention window closing? How can they open it back up? That's next on Arizona Sports.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Listen,
2: things just got interesting. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Burrell, this with you on Arizona Sports. The Arizona Cardinals have hired Monty Osenford to be their new general manager. A lot of ramifications involved here. He's a uh, former director of personnel for the Titans over the last three years. He was a member of the New England Patriots organization for many years, almost 15 years, I think it was. Uh, was a part of many Super Bowl championships He's a in winner. New England. He's a
1: winner. There's a lot to like about this hire from the outset. You know what I like the most that we haven't even discussed yet? I don't even think we've mentioned this yet. This is an external hire. The first one since 1994? The first one since what? R- not Rod Graves. Uh, no, Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Ryan. Ryan. This That'd... is a long time coming for this one. It feels, it feels new.
2: This is not how Michael Bidwell typically goes about his uh, process. It's been very quiet. There was no, there were no leaks whatsoever about this particular hire. Um, we're finding it out in real time. It's it's yeah. different from what we're used to with this Cardinals organization. Now we could talk all day long about what it means for the
1: head coaching search now, because the well, GM that, search is done. Let's be real. That's at the top of his to do list, is it not? So the Cardinals head have coach. a new GM. Yep. The first thing he needs to do. It was mentioned at the bottom of that NFL.com story, and I'm sure it's you know. Michael Bidwill telling Monty Austin for the same thing. Go hire me the next great head coach of the yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Go find him. Go bring him here. Go help him turn Kyler Murray into the Kyler Murray that we're paying for the next five years, four years. I think that's number one. Number two on the to-do list, we can argue about this. More, more in the sense of whether or not it's even on the to-do list, but the report was put out there by Jordan Schultz that DeAndre Hopkins getting traded is on Michael Bidwell's wish list for the new GM. So is that also on Monty Austin Ford's to-do list? Yeah.
2: putting a Basically, you're, Michael Bidwell is going to say, I got to pay a lot of money, not just for you, but for Cliff and for all the money that we just got rid of. And also we're going to need a new head coach. And if it's Sean Payton, that's a lot of money. Could be north of $20 million a year for that guy. We need to save somewhere. And he's probably telling his new GM, all right, Hopkins is a name we have to at least look at what we can get in return. We had a conversation at length about that earlier, about what getting uh, what you could possibly get for a star-wide receiver. How does this affect the head coaching search? I mean, we talked about, I'm sure, Austin Ford has big ties to Brian Flores, mm-hmm. having both been in New England for as long as they both were. Granted, one's in scouting, the other's in coaching. Well, I would think that
1: they all kind of have the same mantra, right? They all work for Belichick, (laughs) but then also thinking about going to Tennessee and Mike Vrabel still has that, you know, blue collar, tough, hard nosed guys building a football team. Monty Austin for was a big part of that. And I think that kind of culture is going to come here to the Cardinals. And I know I'm sure Wolf is somewhere like kicking back in his rocker, happily, like crazily laughing, knowing exactly what's going to be happening with the Cardinals with this hire. They're going to have a very physical football team. And I think that that's a good thing for the sake of, you know, all of the crap that the Cardinals have gotten for Camp Cupcake, Pretty Boy Football, Air Raid Nonsense, these these walkthroughs multiple days out of the week. Like, all of that sounds like it's in the past now. And I think Monty Austin Ford is going to be the The keystone of the change for that, for the Cardinals. So we talked earlier about
2: Sean Payton today on Fox Sports 1 with Colin Coward. He had a nugget about, you know, they asked, who are you interviewing with this week? And he listed off three teams. None of them were the Arizona Cardinals. We're we're left wondering for the last couple of hours, like, what the heck? Why are the Cardinals not on this list? And now you start to wonder, Okay, was Bidwell serious? He was going to figure out GM first, then figure out head coach. Maybe they just haven't scheduled a time with Sean Payton yet. Here's another thing. I was reading a, uh, some quotes in an article. It was tweeted out by Aaron Wilson, respected NFL reporter. Mm-hmm. And it was quotes from Kyle Shanahan about D'Amico Ryan's having to do interviews this week for openings while also preparing for the playoff game. And Kyle Shanahan basically said, yeah, we went through this last year with Mike McDaniel. He had to do the same thing, and we didn't have a bye So you had to figure it, you had to work it into your schedule during Mm -hmm. the week. Kyle Shanahan, when he interviewed, they had a bye. So it was okay. He could go and spend a couple days doing this stuff. Right. And interestingly enough, in the quotes, they talked about Houston, I think, and Denver. Fitting into his schedule on Thursday and Friday. No mention of the Cardinals. Even though we know he's a candidate for the Cardinals. That they've requested permission to
1: interview him. So have they not scheduled interviews with anybody yet? That's kind of how I'm feeling this is starting to become right. You know what? It feels like they've done. All they did was reach out to the teams and say, hey, we'd like to interview them. Is that allowed? Yes. Okay. cool. We'll check back in in about a week. Which is fine. I mean, look at the turnaround that they had with Monty Austin for it. He was reportedly interviewed Friday. Today's Monday. He's the new GM. He's getting introduced tomorrow. Like that's a three day turnaround. It's pretty good. I imagine it'll be a similar type of turnaround for the head coach because the draft is only two months away and you've got to have a solid system in place to get that ready and to be ready for it because you, you cannot screw up another draft again. Like that's key. And especially with the number three overall pick. So if it ends up being a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter, you need to have everybody that you possibly need and do every last bit of research that you possibly can so that you do not screw up this pick, because it is vital to their future success. What does this hiring mean for the futures of
2: Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson, who are in-house candidates? At one time, even it was thrown out there, I think Albert Breer reported that it was a possibility they could be co-GMs in Arizona. We know that they've had interviews in other places. What is their future? Do they get to stick around, or do they have to leave? I'm not saying that it's imperative that we figure this out right. this you know but I think? But they have futures as well in in
1: personnel and management. I think if you want an answer now, I mean, we know Quentin Harris is interviewing for the Titans' job. Wouldn't that be funny if it's just a little swapper? They switch directors of personnel, basically. Yeah. But then, what if Quentin takes a Dub with him to Tennessee? I uh, mean, that might be an interesting invitation. Interesting. Right? It would be weird though because they're
2: both like, in their own rights. They're they're not a package deal. Like, they don't have to be co-GMs. No, it's not really they,
1: even a thing. They don't have to be a package deal, but they've been kind of created as one, right?
2: You could take him as your number two. I mean, like, Mike Hazen comes to Arizona from Boston. He brings El Sade with him. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. That's it's possible, doable. but then one of you is the GM and one is not. Would you rather just go find a GM job? But it's easier this said
1: than done, right? There's not endless GM jobs out there right I, now. I don't know. With so much uncertainty, few, I think actually. if somebody's offered a job, they just kind of take the job. Especially a guy like, but if they I,
2: don't have one, then do they stay I don't know, or if you're Michael Bidwell do you say, hey, we kind of have to you know with the new management with with Austin fort in place, we kind of have to clean house." we're a trying to bit.
1: start things over. you guys were great, but we're moving on
2: so after I forget which it was the last game in the season after the last game in the season, I was doing the Cardinals post game show, and somebody calls in and says, you know who do you think is going to be the gm the coach whatever right big picture stuff and I said, i just i'm trying to find the pulse of Cardinals fans, I don't think people would have been satisfied with in-house promotions, whether it was head coach and Vance Joseph or GM and Quentin Harris or Adrian Wilson or co GMs. I don't think fans would have gone for it, but I'm trying to think about the people right now. Like I'm trying to think about Q and a dub and like, where are they going to end up? What does their future hold? I still think they have bright futures in this league. Is it in Arizona though? Probably not. If you have a new GM
1: now, What if they split the middle? You get one external, one internal. So what if you have now hired Monty Austin for it, but you just make Vance Joseph your next head coach? It's still possible. And he is an experienced,
2: we talked about this too, if you're going to hire an inexperienced GM, and what I mean by that is this is his first time being a GM. doesn't mean he is inexperienced, it just means he's never been a GM before. Right. Are you more or less likely to hire a first-time head coach? And of the four candidates that we know of, only one of them would be a brand new head coach. That's D'Amico Ryans. Vance Joseph, Brian Flores, who has a big history with Austin Fort, and Sean Payton have all had that experience. It feels like the Cardinals are going to go with experience at head coach when they didn't at general manager.
1: Let's get the opinion of our Arizona Cardinals lead writer for Arizona sports. He is Tyler Drake. He'll join us to help react to the news. The Cardinals have their new GM, Monty Austin Fort. React more next on Arizona Sports.